0: Hi guys, I'm Liz Wheeler, welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please do that, you know I have to ask in every episode. Please open your phone to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button if you're on your laptop, go to iTunes, hit that subscribe button. On YouTube, you can find me at Liz Wheeler. Hit that bell too so that I can notify you every time I have a new episode, I have a new interview, I have a new video for you. If you prefer to watch on Rumble or Spotify, well, hit the subscribe buttons over there too. There's no law that says it has to be YouTube or Apple Podcasts. And I really appreciate everyone subscribing like I ask. I truly do, deeply appreciate that. Okay, so I wanna do the show a little bit differently today. I'm actually on vacation this week. So what I did, because I knew I wasn't going to be in studio this week, is I prepared some phenomenal sit-down interviews with you. In fact, the interview that I have for you today is perhaps one of the only times that I have cried on air. And the reason that I presented in this way is not because it's, you know, not because you have morbid curiosity about what it looks like if I cry on air, but because this story is so touching. It's so horrendous, it's so bananas, that it's hard to believe that this is happening in our country, and that our media has a complete blackout on this story. So I sat down with Kelsey Bowler, who is a political analyst for the Independent Women's Forum. She's been producing a uh, series, uh, it's sort of a docu-series, talking to women whose young daughters have been transed without the knowledge of the mother, without the mother's knowledge. And specifically, we talked about the case of a woman named Jeanette Cooper who actually lost her child, lost her daughter because she was unwilling to trans her child. As a mother myself, I know a lot of you guys who watch and listen to the show are moms. A lot of you guys are dads. A lot of you are grandparents or you have nieces and nephews or you just understand what an existential threat it is to our country to have queer theory not just infiltrated into our schools, but actually codified into law that any dissenters from queer theory could lose their children. You understand this and so I don't even know what to say. I don't know what else to say to introduce this. This is a critically important interview and while I'm not sure you will enjoy it, it is something that you, that you need to hear, you must hear. Here it is, this is Kelsey Bowler. Thank goodness for American Hartford Gold. If you're like me, you are growing more and more concerned about our future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years, interest rates are skyrocketing, and there's no end in sight. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of JP Morgan, not only predicted the recession that we are in currently, but used terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented to describe what's happening. If you want to protect your future, I suggest that you do what I did, call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they will have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy, of course. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an a rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. Don't wait, call them right now. Call 866-781-7499. That's 866-781-7499. Or if you prefer text messaging, you can text the word Liz to 65532. Again, the phone number is 866-781-7499. Or text Liz to 65532. Hello, welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. We are here in Miami, Florida at NatCon 3. And sitting with me is Senior Policy Analyst at the Independent Women's Forum, Kelsey Bowler. Kelsey, thanks for sitting down with me. Thanks for having me. So you've been working on a series at Independent Women's Forum that brings to life, unfortunately, sadly, sometimes tragically, the reality of the transgender ideology that parents are fighting against in schools. So it, it, it really is two separate things. They're connected, but we hear about groomer teachers, for lack of a better phrase, maybe that's the best phrase, even if Twitter won't allow us to say it. We hear about these groomer teachers indoctrinating children with this ideology. We don't always hear the real life stories of what happens when
1: these children fall prey to the ideology. And that's what you've been covering. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. It's been devastating. And I think for so long, many in our country country were kind of in denial that this is actually happening. They read an anonymous news story or think it's kind of just fear-mongering on behalf of conservatives. And so we felt it was really important to get some of these mothers on camera and show their faces and tell their stories. Of course, the the number one concern of these parents in going public is the protection of their children. And we know often the left has no problem for raiding around children uh, to make their case of why gender ideology should, in fact, be a prominent part in our public schools. Uh, these mothers did not want their children to play any part of it, but they realized if they did not come out and put their faces on camera, this will continue happening. And their stories are devastating. They, they have experienced the deepest betrayals on behalf of public school educators who claim they're there to protect children. They've been betrayed by our legal system, which has legally separated mothers from their children. They've been They have been betrayed by Democrat politicians, most of them who they've spent a lifetime supporting, who have been peddling this toxic ideology that is preying on their children. They have been betrayed by all these different institutions in America which were designed to protect children. And they felt it was was necessary to finally come forward, tell their stories and put a stop to this. It's really hard to watch some of this stuff. Absolutely. So <laughs> I started this project when I came back from maternity leave with my second child and I was, you know, experiencing all the postpartum hormones. Do I want to be working or do I just want to be spending my days at home taking care of my own children and protecting them from this nonsense? And this project really has given me a personal sense of purpose in what I'm doing because i realized these mothers need a voice and it's, they feel like they can't trust anyone anymore. And I have spent hours and hours on the phone with them, myself in tears hearing their stories, watching my two-year-old, now just turned three-year-old daughter, knocking at my office door, wanting to come in. And I'm just looking at her face, wondering how... A little girl like that could be so manipulated into thinking she can be something that she is not. I welcome my child's exploration of different identities um, as she grows up. I think we all did that. Whether you go through a tomboy stage or a stage where you're kind of obsessed with certain characters, that is normal. What is not normal is adults taking that normal identity exploration and exploiting it to the point that they are encouraging children to pursue lifelong medical harms, which will have consequences on their bodies and their mental health for decades to come. And I want to listen to some the words of, of one of these
0: mothers, because you use this word betrayal, and I think that this is key, because it's not just a matter of teachers indoctrinating children with this poison, children becoming gender confused, and then that being something traumatic, but something within the family to deal with, that these institutions that also have power over children have betrayed the parental role in this. This is a mother, Jeanette Cooper, who lost custody of her child in Chicago. Let's take a look at this.
2: I see that my child is at sea in a boat. She is struggling. She is in kind of tumultuous seas. I know that, I have seen that. And what I have been told is to follow her lead, to follow her in this journey. I am not willing to do that. I don't think that is good parenting. It's my responsibility not to hook my boat to hers. It is my responsibility to be a lighthouse, to be something stable that she can see, some guide that she has that will always be there, that is consistent. I still do that today, even though I have no custody of her. I have no medical decision-making, no educational decision-making, and no way to communicate with her other than by mail. I don't have her phone number. I know where she lives, but I'm not allowed to go there. I know where she goes to school, and I'm not allowed there either but this is parenting. What I'm doing, even though I have no real contact with her, I am still a parent. I am still her mother. I am still parenting now.
1: I'm in tears listening to it. Yeah. And I think that soundbite is so important because critics will look at her story and say, how could you let this get to the point where you can't see your daughter anymore, where family court stripped you of the ability to even know how tall your daughter is anymore. It's been that long that she's seen her. And what you hear there is her saying, I'm still a parent, I'm still her mother, and I am still parenting now. And she knows what the fundamental duty of being a mom is, and that is not to lie to your child. The problem is she's been put in an, in a, Terrible position of choosing between lying to her child or being able to see her. No parent should ever face that choice. And I hope that those who are on the complete opposite side of me on this issue can look at her story and perhaps find a middle ground there where we recognize that the bond between a mother and a child is the most fundamental bond in human life. And to separate a mother from her child, a mother who loves her child deeply, a mother who, unfortunately, the court did its duty to investigate her because her her daughter claimed she felt unsafe around her mom who didn't want to affirm uh, this transgender identity. The court investigated her and uh, found no evidence of abuse or neglect. And yet they still chose to strip her of the ability to have a relationship with her child because she, quote, fails to have an understanding of a transgender identity. And what she would tell you is she has an understanding of what a transgender identity is. It's just not the understanding that the courts want her to have. And that is how far this has gone as a society where we are separating parents from their children under the lie of gender ideology. And when you say we, it's the
0: government that's separating parents. So tell me the mechanics of exactly how this happened. How did, did, did she say when her daughter first started displaying signs that she had fallen prey to the transgender
1: ideology? Walk us through this. Her daughter, like the vast majority of young girls going through this, uh, it's being called rapid onset gender dysphoria. That's not even very accurate because the vast majority of these young girls aren't actually diagnosed with gender dysphoria, including her daughter. She has never received a medical diagnosis that her mother knows of, of gender dysphoria. This is the contagion part of it, which is separated from the children that start expressing discomfort very young, correct? Absolutely. We know there are children who do experience extreme discomfort with their sex their gender from a very young age and that is what medical professionals call gender dysphoria but what these the social contagion this is very very different Um, this is young girls again naturally exploring their identities Um, and I I will say using this term uh, social contagion will get us in trouble with critics because they claim the social (laughs) contagion isn't real But another mother we featured uh, moved her family to Alaska after living abroad, landed on a cul-de-sac with about eight homes, and out of those eight homes, at least two girls on their street identified as transgender at the local public school where her teenage daughter would soon attend. At least another 10 girls identified as transgender. Lo and behold, a couple months later after moving there, her daughter, who had previously never express any discomfort with her gender, also identified as transgender. But critics will tell us, we're not allowed to use this term social contagion, that's not real.
0: Okay, I want you guys to give a huge welcome to one of the newest sponsors of our show. It's called Field of Greens. Now you guys know that I'm a health nut, right? And back in the day, people grew what they ate. Fresh vegetables and fruits were the core of their diet. It's what they ate. But as we Americans became busier and busier, now we eat pre-made, processed, fast food, the easy stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Definitely not healthy. Definitely not the six cups of veggies and fruits recommended every day. But let me tell you about Field of Greens. Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what we need to stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. You will have more energy. You'll look and feel healthier and it can even help you lose weight. Next time that you're at the doctor and they compare your old lab work to your new lab work, I bet the doctor will tell you, you crushed it. Join me and take Field of Greens. To help you get started, I got you 15% off your first order and another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Liz. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Liz
1: fieldofgreens.com promo code, Liz. You'll be glad you did. Uh, but getting back to Jeanette Cooper. So she she previously had custody of her daughter um, after getting divorced her hu- husband a couple years before this, seven nights, six days a week. And she says this really came out of nowhere. Her daughter probably had a sense of where her mother stood on this issue and went to her father's home um, with her new uh, stepmother one day. And uh, instead of returning home, she informed her mother she felt unsafe around her and was transgender and didn't want to come home. And it was really from that point on where the court process began, because when a child claims she feels unsafe, it is the court's duty to investigate. And as difficult as that was for Jeanette, she understood that and she she thought, as soon as they complete this investigation, this will be all be over. This will be a complete misunderstanding. They will see I love my child to no end, and yet the result of that investigation and what we see in the final parenting agreement is that th- this family court in Chicago says Jeanette does not have an understanding of her child's transgender identity, and so until she, you know, checks certain boxes. Uh, she does not have the ability to parent her child. So the government
0: took custody away from this mother, not for any harassment, not for any bullying, not for any abuse, but simply because of a political, religious, and scientific difference of
1: opinion with her minor child? Yeah, it's hard to believe. I, anyone who has doubts about this story, I, I reported it out. We, I, I took a lot of time on the story because I knew how sensitive it was. Um, and and I knew people would look at it and and try to poke holes at it. I mean, this what, what did the investigators
0: <laughs> say? I mean, did they come to her and say, we have found that you created an unsafe environment or did they did they provide any evidence? I mean, what, what are the details here? Or did they literally look her in the eye and say, because you don't want to transition
1: your daughter, that's all it takes, just that in a box and you've lost your kid. So you can see in the final parenting agreement uh, where... You know, it stipulates what the arrangements are. Uh, All the court said is is cited Jeanette's inability to understand transgender identity. And side note here, Liz, her daughter doesn't even identify as transgender according to public uh, appearances. We concealed her name. Jeanette Jeanette Cooper is speaking under her maiden name. So she is protecting her daughter. Um, So we did not publish her daughter's real last name. I, I I hope everyone listening respects her daughter's privacy, uh, but I can tell yeah, you- her from, daughter's
0: a victim too.
1: Her daughter's not the bad guy in ex- this situation. That is exactly the point Jeanette Cooper wants to make, that her daughter is being manipulated and victimized by this. She is the greatest victim of it. Think about everything Jeanette has been through, and she will still tell you that her daughter is the greatest victim in this. And okay. But her daughter now identifies as some form of, non-binary. And so it's pretty amazing that a court can uh, take away this mother's right to see her daughter to the point she can only communicate her by mail, even though she lives 10 minutes down the street. Did
0: you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? And that if you sleep less than six to seven hours per night, it's linked to reduced white blood cell count. Now, white blood cells protect our body against illness and disease, fighting viruses, bacteria, and more. And not many people realize this, but having a consistent nighttime routine is so important, not just to how you feel or how you look, but to your body's overall health. Well, let me tell you, a better tomorrow starts night. Introducing Beam Dream. Beam is the world's most innovative functional wellness brand with unique products for everything, from sleep to recovery. And today, My listeners get a special discount for Beam's sleep product. It's called Dream Powder. It is their best-selling healthy hot cocoa. It contains natural sleep-promoting premium ingredients. It's triple lab tested, no THC, and you wake up refreshed. Let me tell you guys, this is what sold me. You know I'm a data girl. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream, and 99% of people experience better sleep quality. All you do is you mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, you stir it, and you enjoy it 30 minutes before bedtime. If you don't love it, you can get your money back guaranteed. For a limited time, you can get $20 off when you go to beamorganics.com slash Liz and use my promo code Liz at checkout. That is B-E-A-M organics.com slash Liz and use promo code Liz for $20 off at checkout. Wait, talk to me about that part. Let me interject. Talk to me about <laughs> that. this parenting agreement.
1: She's not, there's no visitation rights. There's no split custody. She's not ever allowed to lay eyes on her child. She lives 10 minutes down the street and doesn't even know if her daughter is taller than her right now. So in this final parenting agreement is stipulated Jeanette needs to attend certain LGBT support type groups for other parents where which could help her understand what is a transgender identity. She has done that. She has no problem being in a room with people who disagree with her. She has done everything she can to see her daughter again. Uh, but one of the... One of the requirements was to meet with a certain therapist, and that therapist's wait list was full. When she went back to the courts to ask what to do, nobody really had an answer. This is all so new that I think these adults in charge, these ins- government institutions, it, they are they are going into it blind. they don't They don't know what they're doing, but they think they are being this child savior. They think. They are saving this child from this the discomfort of having to be in the presence of a mother who doesn't lie to her child. What's the limiting principle of this,
0: though? Like, is, is this family court decision, this parenting agreement that strips custody of this child from the mother because the mother won't support a social or medical transition of the child because she acknowledges that there is male and female is this based
1: on a statute in the state of Illinois? Is this, what? It, what is the basis of this? I am not a family court expert, but I think it's important to understand this happened in the family court system, which those who I've spoken with who have had firsthand experience with the family court system will tell you it is not a just system. This is a grave injustice that Jeanette Cooper is facing. And I'll tell you in regards to not just Jeanette, but all the mothers I've spoken with <laughs> you almost want them to fight back. You want them to team up with attorneys and reclaim their fundamental parenting rights. And in, in, in other stories that I told involving schools transitioning children behind their backs, you think there have to there there's, there is a legal way to remedy this, right? But. What we ha- also have to acknowledge, you and I are, are both moms, is this is an extremely delicate situation involving children where these parents are very concerned about pushing their daughters away, losing them even more. Even though on the surface, Jeanette has lost her child in so many ways, she's still able to write letters to her and she doesn't want to lose that. And so all of these parents are extremely careful and thoughtful in the way that they fight back. And sadly, many of them don't feel safe to do so, which is why I believe the burden is upon us to fight for them. It Someone has to, because these children, I mean, I'm I'm
0: so proud of these mothers for understanding that their children have fallen victim and that the children aren't even though they're turning against the parents, that they're not the bad guys in this
1: situation. How do we fix this system? Well, first off, I want to point out that as conservatives, we talk a lot about these leftist policies that are teaching children to hate our own country. But in the case of gender ideology, it's actually taking that one step further. It is teaching children to hate their own parents. All of this gender ideology nonsense is ripping families apart and driving a wedge between parents and children, parents who unconditionally love their child and want to hold their hands walking them through whatever identity struggles they are facing. But instead of allowing them to do that, instead of giving parents the support they need to help their children through these struggles. And I will note many of these children have very serious mental health issues. Another mom I interviewed, her daughter has autism, an eating disorder, um, anxiety, and depression. And yet when the mother naturally sought out a therapist to help her with these mental health issues... All the therapist wanted to do on the first session was sit down here and start calling her daughter a boy, telling her, this is going to solve everything. Of course it's not. That mother, thankfully, pulled her child out of public school where she was first exposed to this, moved to a farming community, got the phones and all that TikTok where this is spreading like wildfire, got rid of all that, got her daughter back to reality and was able to save her from this, but the problem that they're facing is all these experts, all these professionals, who they are supposed to be able to go for for help and support, are driving their children into a deeper mental health breakdown. Where, of course, this isn't solving anything. They need help. In some cases, they need medication for their mental, um, the mental health issues they're facing, and they needed they need to be grounded to reality, not not lied to. And so, yes, there's there's a range of solutions uh, we need to pursue as conservatives. You know, the first of which is speaking the truth about this and, you know, giving these mothers credit for letting everybody know this is real. This is not fear-mongering. This is happening in schools all across the country, from California to Alaska to wherever you're sending your children. So you have to be on guard. It is a political problem. It is a policy problem. And it is a human problem. And we need to address it from all three. Um, And uh, I almost left off. It's obviously a legal problem too. And I really hope the doctors who are actually performing the surgery, these surgeries on children, which is happening, you can see pictures of it. I, I, I hope that they eventually see just just that we see justice because they do not deserve to have any medical license to be removing the healthy breasts of young girls. No, it's tragic, especially I mean,
0: upcoming in your series, it's some women who have regretted having gone through with the transing of their own bodies.
1: Yes. And so as part of the series, we started with these mother stories and now we're moving on to what we call detransitioners. And um, I'm featuring two young women who went down the path of gender ideology and actually went so far um, as to take the hormones. And in one case, um, this young girl named Daisy actually removed her healthy breasts and lived as a boy for a couple years in her life, only to realize shortly after removing her breasts this wasn't making her feel better. This wasn't the solution to her problem. And what's so powerful about her story is she, her parents did not affirm her. They did not lie to her. Um, they did not enable her to do this. She chose to do it when she was 18. And uh, actually, in both these cases, they express gratitude for their parents because as difficult as their situations are now in that they face lifelong medical complications, because of what they do to their body, they are grateful they didn't start it sooner. And it had their parents lied to them, they would have. They're back now living, both of them, as healthy 20 something young girls. And Daisy uh, actually just gave birth a couple weeks ago. And it was her fear of infertility that ultimately drove her to let go of this all. And she told me, You know, if you had told me two years ago that in a couple years I'd be married and pregnant, I never would have believed you. I didn't even think that's something I wanted. Teenagers don't know what they want. Your minds are changed. Your brain is still being developed into your early 20s. The idea that children can and should be making these lifelong medical decisions is wrong. It's completely wrong. It's
0: completely wrong. I. This is so powerful what you're doing because we parents see the transgender ideology being poured into their children's minds in school. And we talk often hypothetically about the impact that this has on children who fall prey to it. But to see the stories, to see the reality, to see that this isn't an isolated incident, you know, across the country in a leftist state or a very liberal city, but to see that this could happen to your child, that family court is so powerful that there's really no limiting principle. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to let my daughter have a phone. I'm not going to let my daughter be exposed to this in public schools, but what if the government at some point gets involved with religious decisions? Because this is a religious thing as much as it's a scientific thing, right? To believe that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. There is no limiting principle on what the government could use as justification to separate parents from families if basic science about sex or gender, if
1: you want to call it that, is not acknowledged in our legal system. And I can tell you from speaking with mothers firsthand, unfortunately, some religious institutions are already corrupted by this. You really, as parents, have to be safe. We both have young children and amount of time I need to spend figuring out where it is safe to send my daughter to school. I shouldn't have to go to my daughter's school and ask if they are going to introduce her to the gender bread worksheet. But I do believe given where we are culturally and from a policy perspective on this issue, that is very necessary. And I think an important point for parents to hear is I'll be totally honest with you. For a while, it was maybe a little wishy-washy on like adults transitioning and, you know, let them do... I'm a little libertarian. Right. Like, I, but it's chil- like children. We need to protect them. We cannot lie to them. Um but this entire movement is branded in tolerance and compassion. And I think so many moms across America, you know, we don't want confrontation. We don't want to have to go into public schools and have fights. And what harm is it if a little five-year-old girl wants to call herself a boy? Why am I going to put my foot down and involve myself in that child's life? It's the nice thing to do to call this child a boy. But what these moms I spoke with really wanted to communicate is that doing that, this social transition opens the door for these children to lifelong medical complications. It sows them into the medical industrial complex in this country for a lifetime. By lying to them, you are exploiting them and enabling them to think that it's a good idea to manipulate and mutilate their bodies in a way that will affect them for their entire lifetime. So it is not nice, it is not compassionate to lie to these children because you are actually enabling them to be exploited and face lifelong medical harms that no parent would want to see their child experience. I have to be graphic for a moment, but we have to start showing these images of what these children and young adults are doing to their bodies when, Excuse me, but they make fake penises cutting off parts of their arms or their thighs. It is, you look at these images, and as a mother, no one would want that for their child. That child look, it isn't, is in pain. And it is just so wrong. And I think if, if, if we can make that connection between parents of the social transition and the exposure in public schools and where this leads perhaps they'll understand where we're coming from. That fake tolerance is actually fake tolerance. Absolutely. It
0: turns out to be harm. Kelsey Bowler, thank you for sitting down with me and thank you for your good work on this issue. It's much appreciated. Thank you, Liz. All right, guys, if you want exclusive early access to interviews just like this one, you can join us at lizwheelershow.com slash locals. You can also find Kelsey's work at the Independent Women's Forum highly recommend that you watch all of her videos and follow along with this incredibly important series. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.